Well, hello. I am Matt Williamson. This is the Locked On NFL Podcast. How is everyone this wonderful Friday? Um, just a couple little news and notes. Today is the AFC East, the final part of the eighth part draft recap special. Well, actually, it ended up being nine parts because the NFC North got broken up into two. I think I got my microphone situation all settled up here. I think we're in good shape with that. Please let me know if there are any incidents, but I think the old buy in the cord at Best Buy worked out. Um, saved me a couple bucks on a new mic, too. Um, so we will talk AFC East here. And then I definitely owe you guys some Twitter Thursdays. I would think thinking next week we'll do Twitter Tuesday and Twitter Thursday. Um, I've been working on my power ranks, post-draft power ranks, probably due for one of those. I'm going to line up some guests. But overall, i got to say the next month or two is a little slower than usual. It might be a little hard to fill five days a week. I mean, we might go to three. I'm still trying to figure that kind of stuff out. So if you do have suggestions for the show in these next couple weeks, I am all ears. Um, This time of year is always good for lists. Who's your top ten quarterbacks? You know, things like that. Uh, maybe even some all-time things. You know, those kind of things are fun, too. So just always shoot me some ideas, at Williamson NFL on Twitter, and we can always talk about such things. Let's talk about the Bills. First off, and I laid it, I don't have it in front of me, but I laid it all out for you a couple weeks, or right after the draft. They spent a ton of draft capital, as well as Glenn, going to the Bengals, we talked about that two days ago, in order to land Josh Allen and Tremaine Edmonds, both first-rounders, both their two biggest need positions. To me, they're the two most, I don't want to say, well, volatile, especially Allen, that if they fulfill their you know extreme potential, both these players, they may be the best offensive and defensive player in this draft or the best quarterback and defensive player in this draft. But there's a lot of variance with both Allen and Edmonds. You know, there's a similarity here. And they're, like I said, they're extreme need positions, and they're their two most important positions in this scheme, too. Of course, a quarterback, and they need to find their long-term guy. And yeah, McCarron's in place, so maybe Allen can come along slow. Um, But remember, this is a... A Panthers-like defense that they're trying to install. They are installing in Buffalo. And I'm not saying Tremaine Edmonds is Keekly. Maybe he's more Thomas Davis. Maybe he comes off the edge a little more. But nonetheless, they want to rush for, play a lot of zone. And no team in recent memory has put more resources or had more success than Carolina with second-level defenders. And that's what Edmonds is. I mean, he's not a Keekly clone. He's not a Davis or Thompson clone. But he's a great prospect. He's a But he's a prospect. I mean, he's 19 years old. You guys know that. You know, all the physical tools you look for, changes direction, smooth, fluid. Maybe he can be Julian Peterson. Remember him? You know, that one of those guys that actually is athletic and has the size of NFL tight ends and can run with them and play man coverage almost like a basketball situation against those body types. Very rare to find those on defense. Also can drop in zones, rush the passer, chase down running backs. So there's a ton to like here. And I'm sort of shocked that he lasted to the 16th pick. So I'm fine with them 
I understand trading up as much as they did, tons of draft picks, to get Allen and Edmonds because these guys are instrumental. They're going to be the face of the offense and the defense, hopefully, for the next 12 years. But, and I understand everything comes at a cost, this is a bad roster. I mean, all those second-round picks and things that they gave up means that they have very little wide receiver, offensive line. You know, who's the running back behind McCoy? Like, there's holes everywhere on this team. And Rome wasn't built in a day. And I know people are out there going, Matt, you hate on the Bills. They went to the playoffs last year. They're going the right direction. Well, when my when my power ranks come out, they're going to be a bottom five team. I, I think this is a poor roster. And I think they know that. That's why you trade Len and Watkins and all these guys. As for Allen, as I sort of mentioned, I ob- obviously recognize the extreme abilities he has. And I also don't think it's a surprise he ended up in Buffalo where that staff was with Cam Newton. I mean, Cam Newton, to me, is the most obvious comparison. Newton's probably stronger, certainly, as a runner and is a better athlete. But they're similar in that manner. I mean, Allen can run quarterback power. You know, I mean, he breaks tackles. He will be part of the running game. And if he isn't, that's a crime. Um, Newton is a better runner. You know, I'd rather tackle Allen than Newton. I'd rather try to get my arms around Allen and Newton. Both have crazy strong arms, and I think now that Allen is in the NFL, he has the strongest arm in the league. I mean, it's that crazy strong. And Newton, I would say, didn't have... I I heard Greg Cosell saying this during the the pre-draft evaluation, and I'm going to steal it from him. There's a difference between arm strength and arm talent. And Cam Newton has, before Allen entered the league, probably the best arm strength, ability to throw the ball hard, you know, generate the most RPMs uh, on the the gun, you know, I mean, like a pitcher. His fastball is the fastest. And now I think Allen's is the fastest. But they're both nuclear. They're both nuclear louche. They're all over the place. You know, they can't throw strikes. And you got to have a curveball. You got to be able to throw off-speed pitches. You you got to be able to work the hitter. Everything they got, these guys throw. And back to Allen. Forget about Newton for a while. He throws them on a line, like line drives hard and knocks people over. You know, and is rarely accurate with it at all levels. I also think his pocket presence. Is very questionable, very questionable. And, you know, you watch the tape, like, what are you doing? So he was my least favorite of the quote big five quarterbacks. I do recognize that he might be the highest upside, but a quarterback. I mean, I, I don't know. I just think he's so far away with quarterbacking skills. By all accounts, and even with his stupid Twitter things, he was sent as a high schooler. Um, people rave about him as a person, you know, that love being around him, great for the team, uh, people play hard for him, that's great, you know, works hard, and I did hear that it seems like his mechanics and his accuracy have cleaned up with these quarterback coaches and stuff in the preseason, but that's not real football, you know, like, when Cameron Wake's bearing down on you the season, you're going to probably revert to how you've played. So, they have two first-round picks, no second. High, high-variance players. Harrison Phillips in round three is a player I like, and the obvious comparison since he went to the Bills is Kyle Williams. 
I'm fine with that. Um, I don't dislike the player. He, but I thought they were okay at defensive tackle. I mentioned at the beginning of the show, they have so many other spots that need work that after signing Star Lutalele, and I know Kyle Williams is up in age, but I don't know the defensive tackle would have been where I went here, but I'm not being overly critical because really they could have gone just about anywhere, to be very honest with you, and they could use it. And like the Carolina situation, they put a premium on defensive tackles. The rest of the draft is pretty uneventful to me, but Teron Johnson from Weber State is a feisty, small slot corner, and that's something they need. So he may have an immediate role. Uh, Siren Neal, I don't know if he's a safety or a corner, but he has traits. And like I said, this is going to be a heavy zone system. Maybe corner is where you start him, and if it doesn't work, move him to safety and you know play a lot of zone. But he's got size and athleticism. He has traits. Wyatt Teller is a guard out of Virginia Tech. Um, good run blocker. They absolutely need that. Incognito retires. That offensive line might be one of the worst in the league. And then they then they tra- then they uh, picked Ray Ray McLeod and Austin Prohl, Ricky Prohl's kid, two wide receivers to finish the draft. Um, McLeod kind of got buried at Clemson a little bit, but he had a decent workout, so maybe. Uh, Prohl is kind of like his dad, you know. I mean, a possession guy, reliable. They need that though, so there is opportunity here at wide receiver, that's for sure. Miami. Miami's been talking a lot about changing the culture and getting out with the old and in with the new. And I think Minka Fitzpatrick's a great way to start with that, you know, in terms of toughness, work ethic, coming from a great program, versatility. He's much better than the 11th overall player in this draft. I don't know exactly how they'll use him. I hope they use him in all the above ways, you know, as an outside corner, as a slot corner, as a blitzer, as a cover linebacker, as a safety. So hopefully all those things are in Minka Fitzpatrick's future. I think he's a great player. Gusecki from Penn State, he's a tight end, yes, but he doesn't block anybody. I mean, he really isn't much different than a slot receiver who's 6'5 and 245 and an extreme athlete. I mean, think of him in those terms. But Adam Gase, this is really important for his system. And, you know, he was throwing a dart trying to get something out of Julius Thomas. But they've been looking for this type of guy for a while. And they also used a a fourth-round pick on Durham Smythe because their tight end situation was so bad. That Think about three-by-one sets with a tight end to one side, three receivers to the other. Gase does this more than anyone in the league. And it's instrumental for how his offense operates, you know, his scheme in general. Gusecki should fit that really well. I don't think they're going to line him up next to a tackle and try to uproot, you know, the Patriots' defensive ends. I mean, that's not what he is. So I think this is a good fit for player and team. Jerome Baker in round three is a real fast run and hit, sometimes out of control, not great instinctual linebacker. Remember, they drafted Raekwon McMillan in the second round last year, who's much different than that. He's much more of a pure Mike backer, middle linebacker, um, more of a between-the-tackles guy. So those two may complement each other well. They did need to get more athletic on the second level. I think Baker certainly fits that. Uh, I mentioned Smythe out of Notre Dame. More of a blocker than Gusecki. I mean, that's for sure. Um, I liked what I saw of him in the pre-draft process. 
I think he's more of an inline guy. Their tight ends were so bad. I'm cool with this pick. I was not much of a Kalen Balage fan, Arizona. We've talked about him a couple times. Really good athletic, real, real athlete, really good receiver. Certainly looks the part, but sort of plays, looks like Tarzan plays like Jane a little bit, especially as a pure running back. And there were some dudes on his team that weren't that great that are beating him out for playing time. You know, like, he's not that trustworthy. But I wonder if Miami looks at him closer to being like a Gasecki than they do Frank Gore. You know what I mean? Like, split this guy out wide, create mismatches in the passing game. In, in the fifth round or fourth round, I guess I'm fine with it. And, and maybe you can cultivate those talents. I just don't think he's a real natural runner. Um, that's about it. They also took a kicker at the end here, and they took a linebacker out of Ohio, Quinton Poling, and a defensive back, Cornell and Armstrong from Southern Miss. Um, two positions where they could use some more guys to bring along. Now, the Patriots. Let's, they do things differently, <laughs> needless to say. That I think they look at the draft and say, drafting's hard. Chances of us hitting on picks is slim. Let's trade these for players we know and we have more tape to evaluate and we've played against or with or, you know, at the NFL level. And you can't look at this draft and forget that they turned their, some of their picks this year into Cordero Patterson, it made the, the trade with for Brown, the gigantic offensive lineman from San Francisco. And with the, the Browns, they got tied up here with Brown and Browns. They got Danny Shelton, fits their system really well. And they add another McCourty brother who played really well for the Browns. And I don't understand why he didn't stick around in Cleveland. But anyway, the Browns loss is a Patriots gain. So those four veterans could really pay off this year. And, oh, by the way, they pick up the Lions' third-round pick next year, the Bears' second-round pick next year, and so they have a bevy of future picks, which isn't uncommon for them, and it wouldn't shock me if they traded some of those for some player before the season. I mean, I bet they're not done adding a veteran or two, and maybe via trade, because they do a lot of that. And, as we've talked about a lot with this team, because of the flake gate, the, because of the Cooks trade, they have not had an influx of first, second round talents the last few years. And it's hard to operate a team that way. So what'd they do? I mean, they brought in, really, this is kind of a three-player draft for them. Is Isaiah Wynn at 23, Sony Michelle, both from Georgia, 31, and Duke Dawson at 56. Wynn's a great player. And tackle with Georgia... And everyone just assumed he would bump into guard because he's 6'3". But I think he's going to be the Nate Solder replacement, although he looks nothing like Nate Solder. Because I think we're going to see New England go to more of the Welker, quit hit, quick hitting, get it all out quick um, passing game. You know, they, they flirted with a lot of deep stuff last year to Cooks, and they brought in Cooks and Dorsett, and... Uh, a better line, and Brady was throwing deep downfield. Well, I think we're going to see yet another change with more get-it-out-quick. And if Wynn's not asked to pass block for several seconds, and it's a catch-ball and release, and Brady will see things, I think he'll be fine at tackle. So I think that's the thought process there. 
and can always bump the guard if need be. Really good football player, though. So is Sony Michelle. And I've heard this knee bone on bone thing. I don't know if that's true, though. Like, you hear conflicting reports on that. But I look at Michelle as Dion Lewis from a year ago, who I thought had a great year, but a souped up version. A more explosive, younger, faster, bigger, um, great with the ball in his hands, excellent receiver, great pass blocker. That's very important, but also a massive fumbler. So those two intangible things you don't think about from running backs, pass blocking, fumbling, could be the, you know, just thinking through Belichick's eyes. Is, Man, I love this guy. He's, he's a great pass blocker. That's fantastic. Or dude keeps fumbling. I can't put him out there. But I think he's going to dominate touches in the Patriots' backfield. It's a win-now move. He's I like Burkhead. He's better than him. I don't think Gillis Lee's going to make the team. I don't know if Hill's going to make the team. I think Sony Michelle might be the offensive rookie of the year. I mean, I think he's going to be in that kind of conversation and, and rack up a lot of all-purpose yards. They use the first-round pick on this guy. They're going to use him. Duke Dawson absolutely fills the need. True slot, tough corner. Plug and play. I mean, as rookies go. Boom. I mean, those three picks address major needs and help you win now. Um, the rest of the draft, Jawan Bentley is a massive thumper, sort of slow inside linebacker type. But that's kind of like what they want from that position. <laughs> you know, I mean, <coughs> excuse me, athleticism is not the top of the list. They want size and downhill thumpers. Like Hightower, but not as not as good as or athletic. Christian Sam's interesting, the next linebacker they pick, because he was injured all year, and he was a, na- a brand-name guy this time last year. You know, like when you read Mel and Todd's stuff, like they're way too early, 2019 mock draft. Well, this guy was a name then. They missed the whole year, and he looks apart. He's athletic. Um, maybe they get something out of him. Who knows? Maybe it's a year from now. Maybe it's you know down the road. Braxton Berrios is somebody we have to talk about, though. I mean, I think all of us knew he was going to be a Patriot, not to sound too stereotypical, but he is a, he is every bit the Patriot slot receiver. That's, you know, I mean, that's exactly what he is. That's what he does well. That's how they're going to use him. Nobody's got more out of that position. It's a, it's a done deal. I mean, everyone knew he was going to be a Patriot, I think. All right, Jets, we'll wrap up our series here. It's all about Sam Darnold. I mean, I'm not telling you anything there. Kind of like my Bills conversation, though. With as many needs as they have, wouldn't it have been nice to have those three second-round picks you sent to the Colts? You only moved up three spots. That, you know, wouldn't you have used three offensive lineman picks with those? Wow. You know, you know, you know what I'm saying. But... Darnold very well could be the best quarterback in this draft. He very well could be a great player for these guys for many, many years. I love that McCown is in place as a mentor, quarterback coach, big brother. And Bridgewater's there too. It'll be interesting how they devy up snaps and reps between those guys. Maybe Bridgewater gets traded. Hackenberg's actually still on that team, which is weird. So no one will care about all those things. And it's worth it if Darnold hits. Fine. You know, just like all these quarterback trade-ups we've talked about, you know, Trubisky and Watson and Mahomes and Wentz and Goff, you know. If you trade up and you hit, great. And that's true for Allen, too. But on these particular teams and those rosters, all those second-round picks would have sure been nice to 
help you otherwise. And who, what quarterback would you got at six? You know, all right, yeah. Uh, but still, my hunch is their favorite player in this draft was Sam Darnold, and they got him at three. So nobody's complaining in New York. Um, two interesting defensive linemen they draft. They only have what have one, two, three, four, five, six picks, and three of them are six rounders. Nathan Shepard and Foley Futasi. Futasi's from UConn. He was a six rounder, and Shepard was a third rounder. Both these guys aren't the same. Shepard's a superior prospect, and he was really impressive at the Senior Bowl before getting hurt. But he's coming from Fort Fort Hayes State. But both these guys are big, thick, versatile. 300-plus-pound guys. And if you remember, the Jets used to have a really good, versatile defensive line, and now it's basically Leonard Williams. Everybody else is gone. I think they're trying to get back to that with some pure defensive tackles, both with a lot of upside, develop them. So I like both those picks a lot for these guys. My favorite pick, you know, Darnold aside, and a real sleeper I want you guys to just listen up on, there's Chris Herndon, the tight end out of Miami. He's another one that's had injury problems, but, you know, Miami can recruit some tight ends. <laughs> and this guy's got ability. And the key is there's just nobody in front of him. I mean, there I've said this several times that before the draft, and still true, there's a five, six, seven, eight Seattle, Detroit, you know, this awful at the tight end possession position. And the Jets were absolutely one of them. I think Herndon before long, I'm not saying he's going to be catch 50 balls this year, but maybe next year he does. You know, like, I bet before long they're going, hmm, we got a guy here at tight end, and we got him in the fourth round. Another pick I really liked that they made, too, was Perry Nickerson. Very tough, aggressive slot corner. You know, they have the bigger dudes on the outside, Johnson and Claiborne, and Nickerson's going to be their slot corner. I bet he's a punt gunner. You know, I bet he contributes in a lot of ways. Good measurables, good player. So, I think they did well. You know, I mean, it'd be nice on a team like the Jets with their roster, and I mentioned their offensive line, or their edge guys, that you could have used more picks, more premium picks. But you didn't, and maybe you got your quarterback, and maybe it's the beginning of a resurgence for gangrene, you know. All right, everyone, that's a wrap. Stop by my website, williamsonfootball.com. Uh, next week, like I said, might get a guest. I'm definitely going to give you guys a Twitter Tuesday, probably a Twitter Thursday, and probably power ranks. And then I need some ideas of what's some stuff you guys want to see in these down months coming up here. All right, spread the word. Leave me a review on iTunes. See you.